Welcome back to the Grad-Centric Podcast. Today we're going to talk about playing sports in college. And in particular, I wanted to bring your attention to the fact that on our blog at gradmetrics.com, I recently published the 7-Minute Guide to Playing Sports in College. This is really an opportunity for me to compile all of the best resources when it comes to eligibility and recruitment, uh, which can be confusing topics for families in terms of sending your child off to go play sports in college. So let me, let me give you an overview of some of the information within that seven-minute guide to playing sports in college, just so that you know what's there and you have a general introduction to what you need to expect when you think about playing sports in college or you're guiding your son or daughter to do the same. So the first is, what are the various divisions or conferences that a student can even play college sports in? So there's the NCAA, and we all know about the NCAA when it comes to Division I sports. That's what we all see on ESPN and, and doing kind of the big money sports out there. And a lot of students are uh, positioning or focusing on D1 athletics at the college level. And this is admirable. There's lots of money out there many conferences, many student athletes that are participating in D1 sports. Uh, so not a bad thing to think about that, but you should also know that there are other divisions which in, within each of these organizations or associations that can be great opportunities to continue to play sports in college as well. For instance, we have D2 and D3, and although Division Three doesn't offer athletic scholarships, again, can be an incredible opportunity to continue a passion for a sport within a school that maybe puts a great emphasis on sports and, and tries to balance that between playing a sport and being a student. Next, we have the NAIA, actually right here in Kansas City. Uh, that's where I'm at locally, is in the Kansas City area, and so this is our local association when it comes to sports. The NAIA, 65,000 student athletes, more than 250 schools. They award $600 million in scholarships. And to compare that to the NCAA, that's not insignificant. The NCAA, of course, has more, so we're looking at almost a half a million uh, student athletes. We're looking at 19,500 teams. 1,098 schools. Uh, we're looking at 3.5 billion given in scholarships annually. That is significant and substantial. But the NAIA is giving a lot out there as well. And so looking at playing sports for the NAIA, still very admirable, a very uh, reasonable pathway to uh, go play sports in college. And might even be better in terms of opportunities, scholarships, or getting the attention of coaches and making sure that you're playing for a great team and for a school that you're passionate about. Finally, we have the NJCAA, which is the National Junior College Athletic Association. So if you've watched, for instance, Last Chance U on Netflix, uh, you've pro you probably are familiar that many community colleges out there play sports and it can be a great opportunity to get a scholarship and some even start at this level and then try to move their way up to NAIA or NCAA ball. So that's a general understanding or introduction to the associations that are governing sports at the college level. Uh, generally speaking, those are our main three, although there are others that exist out there. So we've talked about D1, D2, D3, we've talked about NCAA, NAIA, NJCAA, 
and now we have to talk about eligibility and recruitment. Those are really the two things as you start to go down this path that you need to be aware of. That there are eligibility requirements in terms of what you have to take and the academic potential that you bring to the table when you start your college career. So focusing on academics in high school is important. Making sure that you're getting the qualifications that will keep you eligible to play at whatever, in whatever association, whatever division level, or whatever conference you want to find yourself in. And so be aware that there are eligibility requirements and then recruitment requirements. And the general rule here is the more competitive you play, so going from D1 and then moving your way down, the more competitive uh, play that you're, that you're trying to get into, there will be more recruitment um, issues that you're going to run into and more restrictions uh, depending on the level of competitiveness. And I even put here when I posted this resource on our website that, for instance, NJCAA says that signing a letter of intent um, and with the NJCAA and with NCAA is not a problem. But if you sign with two NJCAA schools, that is a problem and can lead to sanctions. And so the rules can be pretty complex here. You wanna make sure to read the documentation, which I've posted in this guide, the seven minute guide to playing sports in college. And all the links are there for you to look at uh, in the most recent information and materials I could find. So again, recruitment, eligibility, you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of the fact that there are multiple associations that govern sports within college, and you need to figure out which one might be a good fit and realize that there are other options. Maybe if you don't get into D1 basketball, there may be an option for you to play D2 or D3 or go NAIA. Uh, great opportunities there. You might even be able to start at NJCAA and work your way up. Uh, so lots of opportunities here. I've posted all these resources for you to check out at our website, and we'll see you on the next episode.